0: This week, we are delighted to have John Stratford on as our podcast guest. After serving more than 14 years as a Royal Marine Commando, John has carried on his passion of coaching individuals and teams, striving for all types of physical and mental performance. He has coached those on the big screen, a world record-breaking solo ocean rower, and renowned polar explorers. John has also consulted for companies including Tata Communications, HarperCollins, Procter & Gamble, and The North Face, from both corporate development and health and fitness standpoints. In this episode, we talk about resilience, the commando mindset and decision-making under pressure. We also discuss the power of the body-mind connection and leave you with some handy book recommendations. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy the episode. First thing to say is, John, uh, thank you so much for, for joining the 42 Courses podcast today. I'm um, really, really excited to speak to you about the various topics, including kind of resilience, mental strengths, um, decision-making under pressure, and the power of the, the body and mind connection. Um, I'm particularly interested, given your background as, a, as an ex-Royal Marine and um, also as an ex-Royal Marine trainer. Um, you obviously know this stuff uh, firsthand, and I guess I just wanted to start by asking you, how do you kind of define this word resilience?
1: Um, I, I sort of, in a way, I sort of looked at it. I went and had, had a look at sort of some uh, dictionary definitions when it comes to resilience, and then I sort of had to think about it because uh, um, mental strength, resilience, there's huge crossovers, but there's quite a profound difference. Um, when it comes to resilience, I sort of look at. Um, I heard a term called bounce back ability. So how quickly you can sort of recover um, after essentially any sort of hardship. It could it, it could be after a bad comment's being made towards you, or it could be quite a big um, life changing um, incident or experience. Um, mm-hmm. But really, yeah, resilience is gen- I sort of see resilience the difference between mental strength and resilience. resilience is sort of based on experience and time. And it's something that's sort of nurtured, grown over time um, mm-hmm. where I sort of see mental strength as something which is um, you in the moment and the choices that you make and the ability to make those choices um, or being able to appreciate, appreciate or experience things. Uh, mm-hmm. aspect of
0: time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So kind of like resilience is almost, something that you gain over time through life experience so each time something in life doesn't quite go right you know it's learning to to build that ability to kind of bounce back from it um whereas mental strength is more of of choices in the the moment um and then the other question I wanted to ask you is you also hear about the word mindset and you know how important it is to have a strong mindset and so you've almost got these three different terms, resilience, mental strength and, and mindset. How, how do you distinguish, you know, mindset from, from resilience and mental strength?
1: Um, I think mindset is sort of linked to, in a way, your up, upbringing or your sort of the, how you were taught. So for me, as a Royal Marine Commando, it's, um, the, the Commando mindset is uh, be the first to understand, the first to adapt and respond, and the first to overcome. Um, And so in a way, because from a fairly young age, a lot younger than I am now, um, that was sort of instilled into me. Um, And it sort of, I suppose, it resonates with pretty much everything I do now. And all all, all this resilience, mental strength and mindset, quite often we employ them without actually thinking, right, I'm going to be working on my mental strength now. Um, We don't really um, use them in that way. But from a mindset approach, sorry, mindset is an approach. Um, And for most people, for a lot of people, it's uh, something that's just grown and there's no names, there's no words to it, but it's just the sort of process that they approach different situations. Um, um, For me, as I say, I I was fortunate enough and humbled and very humbled and privileged to be in an environment where I was sort of given words to this process Mm -hmm. and words that allowed me to sort of use them in 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 lots of different situations and
0: environments Mm -hmm. And, and would you say in sort of your experience from from training um that that we all come with a sort of natural you know predisposition in terms of mindset do you find that some people are sort of um you know naturally more yeah, but have a strong, have a stronger mindset or a more positive mindset versus others that maybe, maybe don't. Yeah. And if so, you know, can you can that be overcome through training? Do you think?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we. I think we all come with our specific approaches or our natural approaches to things, um, and whether that's nature or nurture, combination. I think it's combination of both. Um, our upbringing from our parents, um, let alone our own life choices which um, that we've made at various forks in the road um, yeah that mindset um, is definitely something that can be worked upon and um, and I'll go back to like the commando mindset being able to have those words and to be able to understand that means that I can probably employ them more mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. Um, because I have in a way a specific approach and um, that I can sort of lean and bend and um, tweak to any situation and any mm-hmm. environment.
0: Yeah, you've been sort of given a clear a clear yeah. framework, isn't it? To understand, to adapt and to respond and to overcome. And so I guess you can apply those things, as you say, to sort of all dimensions of, of life, which is great. Um, and I guess all of this kind of work around you know, mindset and resilience and mental strength that, that you, you do is obviously, you know, a lot of it is to do with allowing you to perform under pressure. Obviously you're kind of in extreme situations a lot when you're a Royal Marine, you know, you're overseas in um, environments you aren't familiar with. And um, then there's all the other kind of craziness that, that comes on top and all of that pressure, I guess, Uh, if you're not able to kind of of manage it mentally um, can obviously lead to sort of tragic um, situations and I I guess you know one of the most interesting things is this whole idea around you know decision making under pressure because obviously you know you must have had one of the most um, uh pressurized jobs in in that sense you know because you've, you've got all of these things going on and you're having to make these decisions um and i guess i wanted to ask you you know from all of your experience what, what are the kind of some of the keys to making good good decisions under pressure in in your mind um i think
1: the, the sort of main key is um acknowledgement of your physical mental state Um, because the the barriers to going back to sort of mental strength and decision-making process um, being able able to make tough decisions or being able to make any decision in a tough environment uh, or pressurized environment whether that's an office or battlefield doesn't really make much difference but the Mm -hmm. barriers to being able to um, have a choice Um, about decision making about making decisions is is fatigue any type of fatigue um physical mental stress emotional um fatigue but let alone throwing emotions into a situation whether that's um, relationships again within an office space or relationships um at home or even relationships on, on a battlefield as soon as you throw emotion in there that that Generally starts to guide our decision maker, our decisions, not necessarily in the right way, not necessarily in the wrong way, but quite often not necessarily in the right way. Mm-hmm. So, being able sometimes to just being able to recognize what state you're in, if you are tired, mm-hmm. um, and I mean that in any sense, um, then you've got to be aware that potentially your the decisions you make might not be the best or in mm-hmm. the best interest of the business, other people, your environment, your organization.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think that's one of the biggest things, is just, just having that awareness of what state you're physically in. Um, and um, sometimes being able to recognize, yes, okay, I am fatigued, or I'm, I'm maybe going to get a little bit emotional about this. Can I take a step back? Mm-hmm. Whether that's physically or just from a time perspective, just before reacting, just taking a moment, taking a breath, and being mm-hmm. able to go right, I was going to say this. Is that appropriate? Yes, mm-hmm. no, maybe. <laughs> and then hopefully making, a, a, if, if necessary, a better decision or be- better response to an environment.
0: Yeah, I mean, that seems to be critical to it, doesn't it? Being able to, and you know, it's not easy, as you say, but being able to pause, you know, in the moment and and kind of think about your own thinking, which is always difficult. Absolutely um, and is, is there anything that, you know, you do specifically as a Marine to kind of train for that? Like, I mean, cause obviously you don't want to wait until you're the first time you, 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 kind of have real world contact. Is, is there anything in the training environment that helps you to learn how to make decisions under pressure
1: um, a lot a lot of it is process having a um, sort of rigid to certain degree rigid guidelines um for example in the orders phase there's lots of different categories that you have to sort of cover sometimes quite uh, briefly but there's that process so that that takes a lot of emotion out of um things because there's a set process Mm -hmm. Um, i think um as well um yeah, just trying to get as much information as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, t- taking emotion emotion really, really does, um, can be quite a negative um, element, especially in a pressurized environment. I can imagine, fortunately, I'm not in a, an office environment very often, but I can imagine it getting quite heated in an office space in a boardroom even more difficult as we are now via zoom yeah um, for a lot of meetings where you can't really see body language or interpret um, emotions very well and it's quite easy to um, you. Yeah. yeah absolutely um, no I, th-
0: I, th- I think you're right I mean the process thing you you mentioned is really interesting because I mean that makes a lot of sense you know if you if you have got a strict process that protocol that you can follow then obviously that helps you in the moment because it's you're not reaching around to try and make it up yourself and then I think when we spoke um, on a previous occasion there was something else you mentioned to me which I thought was interesting which kind of I guess works alongside that process is this, this idea of these commando values yeah. that you have and I think I'll, I'll get this wrong but it was excellence integrity humility and then I've forgotten the last one Self-discipline, self-discipline. And I guess I could see potentially how, you know, if you have this process and then you add, you know, those values on top, those values allow you to then, I guess, check in with your decision and go, well, does it, does it fit these values? Um, if so, then it's probably the right decision. Would, would that be, would that be true?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think going back to the previous question, I think um, also, and you asked about that is anything that we do within training to sort of help develop the decision-making process and i think training is the key thing um there's so many managers leaders um that you that i have come across in lots of different environments um who haven't had any sort of training Mm -hmm. they've been thrust into a position or role and just expected uh, to be a particular person or per- expected to be in sort of like training is an incredible tool. Um, having a mentor, um, whether within that workspace or external mm-hmm. to that, that you can tap into and actually learn. Like I say, for me, it was being able to have words to the mindsets, mm-hmm. um, but for some people just haven't been able to put a word or um, an understanding behind a process um, is key. Because no no doubts, most managers and leaders who have been thrust into that position have those qualities and it's been recognized, and that's why they're there. But um, I also think, yeah, training is key. And within that, then there's just repetition and practice. Obviously, practicing um, the good quality elements, not just practicing at a low level. Um, and, and then once it's practiced, then it's a case of pressure testing it. Um, um, you haven't properly learned something unless it's been pressure tested.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think what you mentioned there is absolutely so much about it, isn't it? The training thing. I mean, you know, when we talk about these topics, you know, resilience, decision-making, you know, these are two enormously helpful things to know more about for, for just life, aren't they? You know, I mean, as you say, it's not just the battlefield, it could be the boardroom and even in your personal life. And yet, you know, these are two big topics that, again, we're never taught formally at school or university. And it's this crazy thing that, you know, so so many of us, you know, particularly in the, I guess, the sort of um, normal world, if you can call it that, of the office, you know, very rarely do you get that formal training in, in terms of resilience or how to make decisions. Um, and it, it's kind of crazy when when you think about it, um, that there is no formal formal training in this stuff. So either you have to kind of learn it through, you know, process of osmosis kind of on the job, um, which is fine. But in obviously in some situations, you know, it's not not practical. Um, but it, it seems crazy that, that more training like this isn't done, which is... Um,
1: yeah, there's key value. I, I think some elements should be brought into the school environment as well. Uh, because it's like lifelong lifelong lessons lifelong tools that Mm. people can use as we've said like in lots and lots of different environments as well
0: no absolutely and i i think um you're so right about that and it it seems madness that these topics you know along with even things like you know basic understanding of how to manage your personal finances or you know how mortgages work all of this stuff that we all have to deal with at some stage in life but Nobody ever tells us about, um, and I, I guess the other topic related to this, which which you also know a lot about, is this idea of the kind of mind-body connection, um, which I think is really fascinating. And you know, you read all these stories, whether they're apocryphal or not—I don't know—of you know, of mo- mothers lifting cars off off trap children and things like that. And, and people pushing themselves, you know, beyond what was kind of physically thought, thought possible. Um, and I guess for you and in, in terms of your background, you know, you must have experienced this countless times, you know, either in training or in, in real combat scenarios where, you know, you've, you've had to kind of allow the mind to, to push the body to do more than it, it sort of seems to be capable of. And yeah, I guess I'd like to hear a bit more from you about what, what that means and just how powerful it, is it? And is there a way that, you know, the kind of the layman, the average Joe can learn more about it?
1: Yeah. I, I think so much of that, that mind, body connection comes through, uh, I, I use the word, um, the power of the words, power of choice, quite a lot. Um, Uh, I sort of sometimes look at, uh, obviously there's a lot of nature and nurture and different character types as well thrown into this. um, on How people respond or act or what decisions they make when they're in a tough environment, uh, physically or mentally or or both. Um, uh, But I sort of of look at it as, in a way, sometimes there's two types of people. And I hate to pigeonhole people. Mm -hmm. um, But I sort of look at sometimes there's two types of people. So for example, if I was doing a physical challenge at the weekend only a few days away and it was a two of it was a three person event a team event and mm-hmm. someone's dropped out so if i turn around to someone and go so someone else and go right i've got this space it's for an event on saturday mm-hmm. um, only a couple of days away can you jump in yep we'll either have these people who go yes yes what is it yeah, yeah. Or you have these people that will go, mm, "What is it? Let me try and find out more." And yeah. I'm not saying either is right or wrong. Yep. Yeah. You've got some people who are like, basically saying they're up for a challenge and they don't care whether they they can do it or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That that's not the thing. It's like, yeah, I'm up for a challenge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that and that sort of goes into lots of other things like um, seeing failure isn't necessarily failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a learning experience. It's a it's, it's, um, and lots of other things, but, but but you've also got these people who will be a little bit more measured. And again, that's not right or wrong, but they'll be a bit more measured. they want to find out, but then they'll rely on their previous experience. Have I done something like that before? Mm-hmm. Could I do it then? Okay. If yes, then I'll say yes. I'm more likely to say yes. Mm-hmm. If I haven't done that thing before, or maybe if I failed before, I'm more likely to say no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, the inner, so, so the way I look at things, I, I'm not saying what either is right or wrong, but that second one, I sort of look at this potentially hindering progress. Mm-hmm. They're, hindering, they're hindering themselves growing mm-hmm. as a person or uh, uh, experientially.
0: Um, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think that's really interesting. I mean, um, it sort of, to me, goes back a bit to the mindset thing, doesn't it? It's kind of, um, I'm trying to remember the lady's name. I think it's Carol DeWeck. I think she wrote this book around, you know, whether you're a, whether you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset, um, which is quite interesting. I think it's sort of basically yes, what absolutely. you've just said. It's like the, the people that see opportunities to grow, um, so are more open to challenges, um, more accepting of, of of failure and seeing it as a route to progress, versus sort of fixed mindset, which is you know I'm limited by. My, my, my abilities and I can't go beyond those abilities and therefore um, there's not much point in me trying something which is going to test those abilities.
1: Yeah, I, I think I sort of look, look back on Marines in general have quite a strange sense of humor uh, or yep. approach to things as well but um, it, the, the way I work and I know a lot of people that I've been around in the past uh, have worked is it's a case of right, I'm going into a cold environment and it's like, right, this is cold, yeah. but I've been colder. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know yeah, yeah. I
1: mean? and, that, and that's that, that's a motivator, that's a yeah. sort of, okay, so I'm actually not that cold because I've been colder. Yeah. Or if it's a case of actually, this is the coldest I've ever been, it supersedes all the other environments I've been in. Yeah. Before, as as I've been. So this is like another achievement in a way. Yes, yeah. it's hardship, but you're sort of seeing it as an achievement. It's like, yeah. No, this is now the coldest I've ever been. Yeah. And that can be really related. And that sort of comes up a lot. And it's, it's sort of seeing things in different ways, just framing it differently. And, and yeah. that sometimes comes down to choice. And I realize there's a lot of character within that um, as well. But
0: no, I, th- I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I was going to say that word framing and the, there's another word perspective isn't there. And I think, again, you know, a lot of that is all. Seems to be, you know, part part nurture, part part nature, and but I I think um uh, you know I, I still think there is obviously the opportunity to, as there is with everybody, to kind of shift or improve, Definitely. you know, your baseline. So even if you are naturally, um, you know, more of a fixed mindset, it is possible to to shift yourself to a more more of a growth mindset. Um, and I guess again that comes to Comes back to the whole thing about training doesn't it you know it's like yeah. it, it must be hard
1: yeah and Sorry, um, sort of, sort of discipline I, I when it comes to those sort of things and you're sort of um having to make a tough choice or maybe choosing to approach something differently um, a lot of it comes down to motivation mm-hmm. which gets thrown around a lot and motivation is a, an incredible tool mm-hmm. especially knowing what really knowing why you want to achieve X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Um, really understanding what that Y is and appreciating uh, the steps to get there mm-hmm. um, is an incredible tool, but motivation can also waver, especially with fatigue and things like that. So that's where I see um, discipline mm-hmm. trumping motivation. Motivation mm-hmm. is incredible and, and is there, but discipline, having m- maybe your... You're trying to get fit for something or um, mm-hmm. you're trying to get a little bit healthier, a little bit fitter. So having your gym sessions in your diary mm-hmm. and you're more likely the fact that you've taken the time to put it in your diary or it's a regular thing on a certain day at a certain mm-hmm. time, you're mm-hmm. more likely to follow through with it. Especially if the gym isn't something that you're really, you naturally uh, mm-hmm. gravitate towards. Yeah. Uh, but just creating things uh, routines Mm. um, and habits which make you set yourself up for set yourself up for success mainly Mm. um but that's where i see discipline trumping things like motivation
0: no i think i think you're so right i mean there's a there's been some great books written about habits um probably one of the best books i read a few years ago was this um, book by a guy called james clear called atomic habits um and i think it you know like a lot of these books recycles a lot of existing knowledge about habit formation, but he just did it in such a, you know, wonderfully clear, easy to reading, engaging way. And it's probably the best book I've read on, you know, if you had to one read one book on habits, I would, I would read that. But, but one Atomic of the things.
1: Atomic habits.
0: At, Atomic habits. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's one of the best books i I read. I think it was probably a couple of years ago it released, but, um, yeah, I think if anyone wants to find out about, you know, how to build good habits and get rid of old one, a uh, bad ones, sorry, that, that's, that's a great book. And I remember from that book, you know, one of the things he does talk about, which is, I think what you were highlighting is, you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to develop a good habit, you need to reduce the amount of friction it takes to, to do that thing. And conversely, if you want to get rid of a bad habit, you have to increase the friction so he gave these i think it was in this book that sort of two quite fun examples one was you know if you want to start running more you know put your gym kit and your shoes by your bed uh the, the the night before because when you get out of bed you've got a visual cue you know the the shoes aren't in the cupboard and the gym kits not at the back of the the bag you know it's it's there ready to go so just by removing the friction and then another funny one was was like, I think it was to do with someone who wanted to stop eating so many sweet things, so much, um and so wrapped all of his sweets in um, Ziploc bags and increase of increasing sizes, the sort of freezer bags. So to get to the sweets, you had to go through about fifty bags of, of Ziplocs, um, sure. which most of the time you just think, "Oh, I can't be bothered to do that just to get yeah. to you know the the sweets." So. know it's really interesting what you were saying because i think essentially it's what's the same the same thing isn't it that your motivation only lasts for so long but it's the habits that are enduring so and that's obviously connected to discipline as well so the more of these good habits you create and the longer you practice them they they become kind of an automatic thing um
1: whereas motivate
0: motivate sorry go ahead
1: I, i think going back to what you were saying um I think whether you're trying to break a bad habit or trying to instill a new habit, um, that's the power of choice, but that, that's just being able to, um, make the better choice once mm-hmm. you're more likely to repeat it. it but that first time that you go, right, I'm going to go for a run. I've never gone for a run before, or I haven't run for a long time. Mm. That first may that requires the most effort that first time mm. once you've done it once you, you you've already maybe going back to resilience what we were talking about there you've already uh, and, and even mental strength you've improved it slightly
0: mm-hmm. um, and
1: you're, you're more likely to go do you know what i'll go for a run again mm-hmm. um, you may not follow through every single time but the likelihood of succeeding definitely definitely improves just mm-hmm. from that one decision that first decision but it's definitely the hardest
0: Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. I mean, that's applicable to so many things in life, but particularly the things often that, you know, are good for you, um, like (laughs) maintaining fitness or eating well. And it it is really hard. It's sort of this perverse thing, isn't it? That things that are good for you always seem to be the ones that um, are hard and you don't want to do. And then the things that are easy, um, are the things that are bad for you, but um, you, you don't have to resist. so yeah it's um that's life um but yeah no it's been been amazing to chat and as as we kind of wrap up um one thing we kind of love asking all of the guests is a a sort of a book recommendation um and yeah i just wondered if you had any any recommendations you'd like to share on on the some of the topics we've talked about before or yeah
1: so uh, obviously for my background, I, I sort of tend to lean towards all more military uh, approaches or writers. So um, one that I really related with was uh, was Jocko Willink, uh, he's an ex-SEAL team commander, mm-hmm. um, and his book Extreme Ownership, Yep, um, incredible book, and he has a, he has a phrase uh, which is discipline is freedom and that sort of relates. See the whole motivation can waver, but discipline um, mm. definitely yeah, is the stronger element. Um, and uh, and also, I'm going to cheek in and say a second one. Um, it's not one that I've read yet, but I'm looking forward to reading it. Is Jason Fox's new book called "Life Under Fire"? Right. Which again is, um, I think he's going to be talking a bit more about so, similar to what we've been talking about—the sort of decision-making processes and under uh, being under pressure and how to improve sort of mental and um, Mental resilience, uh, I
0: suppose. And is he uh, is he a Royal Royal Marine? Uh, he, was
1: ex, uh, he was an ex. He was ex Royal Marine. Well, he's a former Royal Marine and uh, and then Special Forces SBS.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Oh, that, that, those sound. They both sound great. I have actually heard some really great things about the first one, um, and I have, I have I've heard definitely on a podcast some something around that uh, idea of you know discipline equals freedom, which I think is it's such a powerful thought and ties back to everything we talked about in terms of, of, of habits. And, um, yeah, I know, I guess that's, that's pretty much, uh, everything. And other than to say, you know, huge thank you for, for coming on board and really enjoyed, uh, listening to all of your wisdom.
1: Thank you very much. No, thanks for having me. It's been, uh, it's been very nice. Been
0: thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of the 42 Courses podcast. We'll be back soon with more interviews with some of the world's greatest minds. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at 42Courses or check out our website 42courses.com for information on all the courses we offer. Have a great week.